1: I think they're really into the why, the fundamentals of the technique, the scheme. I think they 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 really have caught on to trying to be an expert at what they do, you know, more more than just the uh, surface, you know. And uh, um, that's a really cool deal going on in the program right now. I think that uh, they've they understand and, and are thirsty for more, for the details, for trying to pay attention and straining through the details. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Um, that's when you know your program is going in the right direction. You know? How different is that from when you started ball camp last year? In the middle of the chaos? You know, it's, it's totally different, but you know, I just think it takes time. I mean, you know, that's why, you know, it takes time to, to, to build your program. And, and of course, as we all know, uh, you know, there's not a lot of time in college football anymore. Everybody wants everything instantly. And, uh, and that's not the case. And that's relative to for whatever the reasons, whatever the dynamics of where you're at at that point in time. We are in a situation where we, we have a lot, a lot going on, a lot of development, uh, both as a uh, the culture of our team, uh, the mindset of our team, to the fundamentals, to the schematics, um, just to the mindset and philosophical overview of what kind of program we want to be um, on and off the field. So it's, it's, been, it's been a lot. Um, I think it's been remarkable how far we've traveled in all those regards in a very short amount of time but like everybody else you know you want it yesterday and uh we're still we're still building that but i'm excited to build it and uh you know my whole thing i've been a part of building programs before and my whole thing is you want to build a really really strong foundation so that house can stand on it for for a long time and if you don't get it fundamentally foundationally correct i think it's really hard and um you know we're doing that right now so for me to look at it and say we're complete with this right now? No, that's not accurate. Am I out here saying, oh, it takes five years to do that? I don't know about that either. But you know, we're in the we're in the throes of it right now. We've made a lot of progress and we still have quite a bit more to go.
0: What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael, and that was Steve Adazio. He spoke with the media for about 30 minutes today. It's really late Tuesday night. I was hoping to record this earlier, but I wrote a couple of features for DMVR members. So if you are a member, go out and check those out. About 2,300 words between the two of them. Really going to try and kick ass for all of you guys throughout the season. Uh, Today we're gonna talk about just some of the things that I heard today at Media Day. Going to play some audio over the next couple of days. Also going to get that podcast out with the five questions I have about the defense. It's been a crazy situation the last week, just getting back from vacation and helping fill in for the Broncos a little bit, and uh, yeah, just had a lot going on, but really looking forward to diving into the season. Football is here. College football is back. I could not be more stoked. Before we dive into all of that, I am going to talk about Warren Jackson. He unfortunately got cut by the Broncos. But things are looking up, he's landed with the Vikings, so I'm just going to get my thoughts on that before we dive into all these CSU stuff. Before we do though guys, buying a house right now is stressful. If you've attempted this process, especially in Colorado lately, it's just absolutely wild. It's, it's the wild wild west out there. And that's why you should let my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goals take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They're Colorado State alums. They're proud DNVR members. They work nights, they work weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around, and they take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want to be every step of the process. Right now, they've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Head to dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can always call Mike directly at 970-412-2472, or again visit dnbrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 191-0631. Alright, alright, alright. Let's dive into this Warren Jackson situation before we talk about Media Day. You know, it was it was obviously a bummer to see him get cut. I went to his final with uh, with the Broncos, it turns out I was at that training camp on Saturday, and RK was joking about that on the Broncos pod. You know, at least Justin got to see him in a Broncos uniform. That's true, I guess. But it's it's kind of a bittersweet situation. I think you know it. It sucks to see him leave the local team. That obviously would have been a really fun storyline for everyone. But he's going to a team that's much more desperate for wide receiver production you know we obviously know that bc johnson has done for the year with a torn acl they really only had six healthy receivers going into this game with the broncos now they had warren jackson you know there's twitter videos of him you know he already scored a touchdown in his first practice looks like he's gonna have an opportunity to get a lot more reps because that's the thing he just wasn't getting enough to stand out in denver you know rk and zach they mentioned that he didn't really stand out in any of the practices well, obviously I was paying much more attention to him when I was there. I mean, I was there primarily to look at the quarterback competition. So that's what I was following. The other, the other thing I was looking for was just wide receiver production. And, you know, I mentioned that Kendall Hinton stood out to me, but Warren Jackson, man, he was, it was a lot of just him standing and not getting to participate, obviously not by choice. I just mean, you know, they were, they were working guys ahead of him and I I was worried about that. I mentioned even in my article that I wrote about him having the potential to be the next great undrafted, you know, Broncos wide receiver, obviously, you know, Rod Smith told him there was some juice still left in number 80 and all that. It didn't work out, but you know, it's, it's not that shocking. I wrote that they were super deep at wide receiver and it obviously hurt his cause that they drafted wide receivers late in each of the past two drafts, Tyree Cleveland out of Florida and Seth Williams out of Auburn. Both of those guys were getting more reps than Warren at the day of training camp that I was at. And if you're not getting consistent opportunities, you're not going to be able to push through and make a big enough impact to make the roster, especially as an undrafted free agent. So it was an uphill battle for Warren from the start. It likely was always going to end this way. And I do think that it was better that he got cut early in the process because he had an opportunity to obviously sign with the Minnesota Vikings. And now we have a, a potential for a new storyline, you know, the the Warren Jackson revenge practices slash game, you know, preseason's not really a game, but I, I'm not going to lie. I, I would love to see Warren score a touchdown against Denver in that game. I'm a Broncos guy through and through, but the Vikings have always kind of been my NFC team. I like Minnesota purple. They got sweet helmets. I think they have the coolest helmets in all football. And then, you know, most recently they've shown a lot of love to CSU guys. Clint Kubiak's their OC, they got, you know, BC on the roster, they obviously brought in Warren, I'm all about it, plus it's just a preseason game, you know, if it was a regular season game, I'd be pulling for Denver, no doubt, but scores don't matter in preseason, I just want CSU guys to make an impact, and I obviously want him to make the roster, so we'll kind of preview that game as it gets closer, talk about some of the other CSU guys, Josh Watson, Adam Prentice will be in that game as well. And we'll just kind of go through, you know, all the CSU guys and you know, which guys preseason matters for, which which guys it doesn't. You know, Michael Gallup, obviously a much different situation than than Warren Jackson, but feels good. Feels good to have NFL football back. Feels even better to have college football back. And on that thought, you know, we did we had Media Day today. Really, really nice to be able to kind of sit in person and, you know, hear from some of the guys. It was obviously, you know, a spread out. Everybody doesn't sit as close together as they used to, and and that's good. But it was just nice to see, you know, guys like Kevin Lytle, Eddie Herz, you know, Kelly Lyle, all these guys, Brady Hole in person, you know, those are my boys. But beyond that, it was just nice to interview people in person. Again, I honestly got a little bit nervous in the press conference and I was trying to sit there and think, I was like, when was the last time I asked questions in a in a press conference in person? And It'd been a minute, it'd been like over a year. I went out to Vegas for media days, but that was a little bit different. It was one on one. always good talking one on one, but there's a there's a certain type of pressure that comes with press conference scenarios. You know, you want to get your questions in, but you don't want to be the guy that constantly talks over other people. But it's kind of a race, you know, you're you're sitting waiting for him to finish his response, and you want to be the first person to talk and get your question out. So it's this like weird balancing act of trying to make sure you're being an active listener but still getting your questions in and not being rude to everyone around you it's it's a little song and dance that you kind of have to get used to it's it's really intimidating for young reporters for the most part you know at least at CSU I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin I've, I've been around for a long time but it was weird you know it was, it was weird to be in person again and it was a, it was a little bit unnerving but it was great it was it was really really great I was appreciative of CSU for making that, you know, making everyone available, putting the event on, it was it was just awesome. Made life feel a little bit normal again and definitely got me in the mood for college football season, you know? Did we learn anything of extreme value? Not really. I mean, Linwood Crump, the Temple transfers, battling an injury, and sounds like it could be kind of serious based on Steve Dazio's tone, so that's something we'll have to monitor, obviously. Depth and... Depth that the uh, cornerback is not super strong behind the starters. I, I do like the starters, Marshawn Cameron, Rashad Jai. I think they're going to be solid. I like the safeties. You know, Taiwan Francis gives you a versatile guy who can play some slot corner, I think, at times. You know, he obviously can play that kind of hybrid linebacker role. He's just a good athlete, roams around. You know, a modern defensive football player. Henry Blackburn, I really like what he brings as safety. And you got Logan Stewart back who when healthy, has been really, really productive over the last couple of years. He's a good player, nice leader on the back end of that secondary. But we'll just have to, you know, kind of monitor the situation and, and see how it all plays out with Linwood Crump and his upper body injury that Steve Adazio mentioned. Aside from him, though, he just kind of mentioned that, you know, everyone they brought in, running back David Bailey, you know, Vincent Picazzi, a lot of these people, not only are they high character leader guys, but they're people that, you know, can make an impact. You know, you don't want to bring in older players that aren't going to be able to see the field for you. There's really no point in that. Just, you know, being real. It's it's kind of a waste of a scholarship. And and Adazio talked about that, but he also just talked about the importance of being really selective, who he added through the transfer portal. You know, there's there's a ton of options out there. There's a lot of really talented players in the transfer portal. But it kind of seems like, you know, Adazio's belief is that it's not necessarily best to go out there and, and try and land the biggest whales out there. You don't necessarily always want the biggest or the the best talent if they have a lot of baggage. He He mentioned that, you know, players with a lot of baggage can be really detrimental to your program. He doesn't have any patience for that. You know, they're trying to build something up here. And because of that, you know, the players that they brought in were, players that he previously established relationships with, you know, maybe he recruited or in, you know, some cases at Boston College, you know, coached, or it was, you know, players that other people had a relationship with on the staff, you know, Cody Booth, he was at Temple, that's how you get guys like Linwood Crump and Todd Santeo. Santeo told a story at Media Day about how, you know, Booth was just a GA when he was at Temple, and that was when Senteo was young in his career, and Booth was kind of like his mentor, the guy he felt most comfortable confiding with. And that was the biggest factor in in him coming to Colorado State along with, you know, Adazio kind of winning him over. He's a long way from home, you know, he's from South Florida, went to Philly. He had some culture shock last year. And so it it's it's good that these coaches have established relationships because, you know, it could have been a situation where. You know, he came in and then left after one year, especially getting his eligibility back. It, it would have been really easy for him to leave again. But those those strong relationships, those have come in handy. And I think we're going to see, you know, a, a pretty big impact from transfer players on CSU once again this year. You know, obviously you get Patchin back and, and some guys like that. But David Bailey, man, I'm, I'm really excited to see him. Everything that I've heard about him is that he's just an absolute beast, you know, built out of pure muscle, dude's absolutely stacked, runs hard. You know, I I think he's probably going to rush for over a thousand yards this season if he stays healthy. Based on everything that I saw on on film, everything that I watched from him at Boston College, he's just gonna thrive in the Mountain West, especially if the if the offensive line is much improved and Based on everything I've heard there, I think it should be as well. I got to sit down with Barry Wesley, you know, most experienced offensive lineman on CSU, at least in terms of CSU reps. A couple of these guys played quite a bit at their other schools. But he just kind of mentioned the fact that this offensive line has a new type of intensity. They're, you know, much more focused. There's much more accountability than there were in some of his younger years. And he thinks it's going to make a big difference. It, it's beneficial that. A lot of these guys were familiar with the systems already, but it's also just beneficial that they have some continuity this year. You know, that's been one of the biggest keys to success, you know, for CSU over the years is just keeping the same guys. And in, you know, 2018, 2019, there was just a lot of rotating, a lot of plugging and, you know, just trying to find guys that were able to produce because they didn't have enough talent. This time, you know, I think they have more than five guys that are capable of starting. I think there's really like, seven, eight, even maybe nine guys that could potentially see the field in a, in a rotational way, but you're going to have five definitive starters. And I'm I'm really excited to see, you know, how this offensive line plays out because I think it's going to be one of the biggest keys to success for CSU. And that's, you know, kind of an easy answer the offensive line is always a big key to success for any good football team, but especially this one, you know, if, if they want to be a good team, they're going to have to run the football consistently for a, a consistent average, they're going to have to be effective in, in play action and they're going to have to give Todd enough time to occasionally stretch the field, which is also going to be a big, you know, factor for, you know, how explosive this offense can be. You can run it consistently, but every now and then you got to be able to stretch the field and take shots, especially when you have guys like Dante Wright. I think Jordan Cress from New Mexico is going to provide another option to kind of do that. He was UNM's, you know, kind of stretch the field guy over the last couple of years. Never really had a consistent quarterback. He has that opportunity now. You have the best overall tight end in the Mountain West and Trey McBride. I think you also have the best tight end duo with Cam Butler. And I've heard pretty good things about Brian Palendi, the Miami transfer, you know, getting back on track in in terms of transfers making an impact. There's just a lot of transfers that are going to have to play important roles for this team. And I'm I'm excited to see how they do. And I'm going to move on here i'm going to play some more audio from steve adazio and then i'm going to give you uh some of the other takeaways i guess or uh, things that i that i learned at media day today but gotta shout out the homies over at DraftKings sportsbook everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner college football season Celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now, check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Of course, we also need to recognize our friends at Solace Meds. That's right, we partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get some smoke and hot deals with. Meds has four convenient Colorado locations: one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Solace has some banging deals the month of August. Here's a for- few to look forward to. Dixie elixirs are two for thirty. My man Eric Weedum, aka the D Line, our main designer, he absolutely loves this stuff. Uses them for any special occasion. Anytime Weedum's trying to have a good night, the Dixie Elixir is involved. You can get two of those for 30. Spectro products are 20% off. Ripple products are 25% off. Silver Shelf Flowers 15% off. And Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates are 15% off. If you head into any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. When you mention the code DNVR20, you're also gonna get 20% off your entire order. You're literally getting free products and 20% off your entire order if you use the code DNVR20 at any location of Solace Meds. Remember, all of these amazing deals you can take advantage online. Head to solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You can order online, pick up at your convenience. They make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Make sure that you use the code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire order at any Solace Meds location. And again, remember when you use that code, you're going to get a free King Cone or Solace Bar with your order, talk about a banging deal. What do you want to see from Toddie? And what would you say to people who
1: only remember November, December 2020, Toddie, where, where that story kind of left Well, first of all, I don't know what we remember November 7th about Toddie. Mm-hmm. Toddie played in one game against Fresno and did some fantastic things, like put the film on. so... He missed a couple of throws and a couple of people dropped some wide open balls. But, I mean, he was explosive. And so, I, you know, I think for a guy that, you know, hadn't played a lot of football, that was his first start. And I thought he did a lot of great things. And the reason we started him was he did a lot of great things during training camp. Okay. Fast forward now because, I, I, you know, I'm not – don't take this the wrong way or anything. I mean, I appreciate the question, but I hear that a lot around here. It's kind of And you can tell that it kind of bothers me, you know, just from the standpoint, like, what are we talking about here? I mean, he started in that game because he was the best leader, the best competitor, and he had done the things necessary to be in that game. And there's a lot of things that go into playing quarterback, you know, and everybody looks at one thing, a passing stat. Well, that's part of it. But what's the rest of the story on the passing stat, you know? And so um, Toddy uh, got hurt in that game and really wasn't able to play the next two games. And that injury lingered with him. It was on his throwing hand. Okay. Um, and then he had an ankle injury. It was, you know, so we played four games. Matt, yeah, you know. So, anyways, that fast forward to winter, to spring football, to training camp. Listen, I don't know what, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I can just tell you what I see today. And I'm a very straightforward guy. I don't pull any punches. Okay. I'm so impressed with him right now in training camp. I mean, if you talk to our players, talk to them. You guys will. I mean, he's highly accurate and throwing the crap out of the ball right now. Never mind the fact that he can beat you with his feet. And uh, he's leading. He's on top. I think John Budmeyer has done a fabulous job with Tadi Santeo. And I see tremendous growth with him right now in a very short period of time. So I'm extremely excited about it right now. Now, I've been in this so long. That we've a long way to go. You know, we got to stay healthy. Uh, and there's a lot of factors. Because ultimately, for any position, you don't know what a guy's like until they're in the bright lights. Okay, and We call that competitive excellence. And there's not enough of a sample size to make any judgment one way or the other. So that remains to be seen. I think Matt Valleci's come in here. And I've known Matt. I recruited Matt. And I've been very impressed with Matt. And I think he's really thriving under John Budmeier's tutelage right now. I'm very impressed with that. Um, so I think we have we have you know, Toddie's our starter, and, but I think we've really added greatly to our quarterback room, and I'm extremely excited about it. And I'm very cautious when I make those kinds of statements. So you can ask me again at the end of camp, and I'll maybe it'll be the same, maybe yeah, maybe it won't be, you know. But right now, uh, I like where we are. Mentioned it a little there, but just how has Toddy handled the leadership aspect of serving as a starting quarterback? And have you seen the team cut, team kind cut of embrace him so far? Oh yeah, no doubt. You know why teams know, and that's the part that you should, nor should you know. You don't know, you know. But when you evaluate a quarterback, this is a, this is Steve Adazio's opinion. Okay, you can take it for whatever it's worth. Um, you measure you don't measure quarterbacks and. Their spirals. You don't measure quarterbacks. You measure quarterbacks in their ability to win, their ability to lead, the intangibles. Okay? And and, and that's what's critically important. And the players know. Other players, they know when guys either have that or they don't have that. And Toddy has that. Okay? Both the quarterbacks we have right now. We have some young guys that I'm actually quite thrilled with, too. But I'm not talking about them right now because they're not really ready right now. Okay? But these guys have that. And that's exciting to me. That's really, if you see why I, I'm kind of excited about it, is, it's really because of that, you know? And uh, I like to refer to it as it. And I've been around all kinds of quarterbacks, highly successful guys. You know, I was with Don McDavid when I was at Syracuse. Um, the year before I got to Syracuse, they said Don couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with his arm. No one recruited to play quarterback. He was a DB recruit. and That's why he went to Syracuse to give him a chance to play quarterback. Well, I roll in there. It's got nothing to do with me. I wasn't coaching the quarterback, but I mean, happened to be when I'm there, I roll in there and we go on and we have a four-year run like no other run, you know? And Don McNabb was just incredible. I watched the quarterback put the whole team on his back. I mean, he just had that knack to me. So it went from he couldn't throw a forward pass to being an elite player in college, the Conference Rookie of the Year, the first-round draft pick, right? I mean, I, I've heard this I've heard this song, right? Um, you know, I go to... Uh, I go to Florida, and uh, you know, I heard this the whole song about Tebow. And, you know, Tebow goes on. I mean, he, he breaks the pep, uh, all-time passing record at, at in the state of Florida in high school, what they say he doesn't throw the ball well enough. Okay. There's a lot of good players went through the state of Florida. But more importantly, Chuck Heater and I were at the same game, I remember. And uh, we watched him play at East nice High School. And he had the ability to put his team on his back and go down and win a championship with a fractured bone in his leg. I mean, he just had it. it I used to tell Urban... And Urban laughs about it. Like I said in the staff meeting one day, that dude would stare a bear down and throw the ball. I mean, you could come right down and like, you're going to split his chin and he boom, he's, he's he's not going to flinch. How do you measure that? You know, how do you measure that? You know? So, um, you know, I looked at a guy like uh, I we had had Cam Newton at Florida when he first came in. Right. People called him high and outside. And, uh, but he goes on to be an incredible college career throwing the football. So, You know, um, I've seen all these guys and I've seen how they come in, how they develop, where they go. But the thing they all had in common was they had it. They had it. They were in different shapes and sizes, but they had it. And you just knew you were around it. You know, and how do you validate it? When you see a guy who you know has the ability to go out and in the most competitive moments can play his most competitive football. Got somebody special there. So I love what I see with our guys right now. I love what I'm seeing in, in, in Toddy, but we've got to see him do that on Saturdays or Fridays or whatever days we're playing on. And then that validates that. you know you got something pretty special.
0: All right, Steve Adazio making it pretty clear that there's not really an open quarterback competition at this point. Not really a surprise for anybody that's been paying attention. He's, you know, pretty consistently said, you know, actually every single time he's he's spoke on the quarterback situation. Going back to spring ball, Adazio has just raved about Todd Senteo and did once again today, you know, talked about obviously throwing the crap out of the football, highly accurate, all of that. All of the players that I spoke with echoed those sentiments, you know, Trey McBride, he mentioned, you know, that Todd's just a natural leader, that everybody gravitates toward him, and that he's underrated as a passer. Senteo, you know, he kind of mentioned the same thing as well. If you read my feature, you know, he pretty bluntly was like, I'm not an impaired passer when asked, you know, what he kind of worked on in the offseason to improve his accuracy issues, you know, played injured at times last season, had injured his index finger on his throwing hand which you know really impacted him according to him said it really hurt to throw the football but was trying to just kind of push through also injured his foot in that game against Fresno State so you know kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt you know it would make sense that that would highly impact his ability to you know place the football where it needs to be maybe he's a much better passer than any of us saw last year again you know my message to CSU fans since day one going all the way back to spring ball was You know, there's there's no reason to act like the sky is falling. Give the kid a shot before you know you completely throw him under the bus. It was was just such a weird season last year. They started up training camp and then they were off for like a month when it looked like the Mountain West wasn't going to play football. Then they come back. Their first game against New Mexico doesn't happen. You have you know you're short-handed against a really good Fresno State team. A Fresno State team that's going to be a problem for anyone they face this year as well. And then, you know, you've played a couple of other really good teams as well. He was hurt, missed the Wyoming game, but coming in for cleanup duty against Boise State and San Diego State, especially injured, not exactly the most ideal scenario. You don't have an established chemistry with wide receivers at that point. Not even, you know, all that familiar with the playbook. That was one thing Santeo talked about a lot today was he just feels like he's going to be so much more prepared for Each game this season, everything about last year was so wonky. And, you know, everybody was just a little bit underprepared. Hopefully it makes a difference. You know, we shall see. Obviously, you know, played that audio from Steve Dazio. It was just funny to hear him, you know, kind of go down memory lane and and talk about some of these different quarterbacks that he coached. Donovan McNabb, you know, at Syracuse, Tim Tebow at Florida, Cam Newton at Florida before he originally transferred out. He just, you know, he mentioned that all of these guys were you know, criticized for not being the most accurate quarterbacks in the world, which is true. And all of them went on to have incredible college careers. All of them went on to be first round draft picks in the NFL. So there is something to be said about that. You know, you can't just take everything that coaches say at face value. But, you know, Adazio has seen this before. He's heard this song before, I think is how he phrased it. Best case scenario, you know, Centeno is that type of player, you know, for CSU. I, I think it would be kind of crazy to try and you know realistically compare him to any of those three guys because they're obviously outliers you know some of the better college quarterbacks to ever play the game two of them at least you know Tebow had his moment in the sun with the Broncos but McNabb and Cam Newton went on to have really successful careers in the NFL as well you know Centeno's not going to necessarily be that guy and I think it would be unfair to even try and put that on him especially going into this season he's pretty unproven at this point but if he can be a strong leader, if he is the leader that all the coaches, that all the players say that he is, and he can be just good enough you know, to get the ball into the hands of Dante Wright, of Trey McBride, of Cam Butler, to be effective in play action, you know, to stretch the, the field and extend plays with his legs, I could see him being a very effective weapon for Colorado State at quarterback. I'll, I'll admit he's, he's really likable. He's great in interviews, has a really cool persona about him, really down to earth. You know, was honest, you know, said he didn't put the best tape out last year, wants to prove everybody wrong in terms of his talent. He's really easy to root for, you know. I I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him for about 20 minutes. I, I thought he was a cool guy. I thought it was refreshing to hear him be so honest. You know, a lot of time a lot of the time quarterbacks can kind of dance around questions. They're the most experienced when it comes to handling this process. They know how to dance around you know, everything you ask and say a lot without actually saying anything. And Centeo, you know, he was pretty honest, you know, he said he wasn't good enough last year, doesn't feel like he has any mechanical issues when it comes to throwing the football, excited to show everybody what he can do. And he believes, you know, he's more effective with his arm through his legs. Bet that that would be great for the Rams, you know, that that would be, that would put this team in in position to be competitive consistently. And that's, Really all you can ask for. They've got a brutal schedule, which I've outlined a bunch of times. I'll break down again as we get even closer to the season. It's it's deceptively a, a brutal, brutal slate. And because of it, they're gonna lose some close games here and there that, you know, are gonna be heartbreaking and frustrate the fans, but it is what it is. You just gotta come out on top in enough of these to to be in a bowl game and to keep the positive momentum rolling and hopefully win a bowl game. You know, it's it's been a long time since that New Mexico bowl. My long-winded point through all of this, though, is that there is no open quarterback competition, at least going into week one, if he is healthy. Todd Santeo is the man, you know, every based on what everybody said, that's, you know, it, it's happening. So get ready for it, CSU fans. Going to be interested to see how he does, but I think that everybody should at least give him a shot before they, you know, tweet me and things at him, panic, all that stuff. That was another thing we talked about, you know, he... He's seen all of your mean tweets, trust me. If you were a Todd Sentea cynic, he's seen the tweets. But he's not, you know, cynical about it. He just wants the Ram fans to come out, support the team, and he wants a chance to prove you wrong. And I respect that answer. I imagine a lot of you guys do too. Yeah, the last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is just, you know, there's there seems to be more discipline. There seems to be a more accountability under this coaching staff than there was under the previous regime that's been a consistent message from all the players you know at every position group it's just that accountability actions matter all of that and that's that's really encouraging and and they've got the first scrimmage coming up on saturday they're they're going to go full contact which is always a little bit scary you know you have the potential for injury in that situation hopefully the rams are able to get out of it you know healthy or at least you know relatively unscathed there's there's always going to be a few guys that get nicked up here and there, banged up, little minor injuries. That, that's just all you're hoping is that it stays minor. You don't want anybody to miss game time. But it is important to have these scrimmages. And, and Adazio kind of talked about that. He mentioned, you know, you got to get conditioned to contact, obviously. And there's really only two traditional scrimmage opportunities for CSU for the regular season. That's as many as they're allowed. And that's, you know, not a lot if you think about it. You know, the NFL, they've got training camp. They've got three preseason games. You don't have a preseason in college football. You only have these scrimmages. So on Saturday, you know, this first scrimmage and then the following scrimmage the next weekend, they're really important markers for CSU. They're opportunities to practice good form, to tackle, to play in the closest thing to a game-like scenario that you're going to get. There's going to be officials out there. And, you know, Steve Adazio, he's looking forward to it. He's looking forward to getting the coaches off the field, just letting the players do their thing, which, you know, makes sense. In a normal practice scenario, there's position coaches all over the place. There's GAs, there's staffers, there's everybody. There's somebody to, to tell you what you're doing wrong, to improve your positioning, you know, your form, all of that type of stuff, your stance. But in a game, you know, they can, they can coach you up on the sideline, but really it's on the players to react in the moment, to adjust as, you know, everything progresses. Scrimmages are a good opportunity to simulate that, and and Adazio is is excited for it. I'm excited for it. I wish that you know the scrimmage was open to the media. It's not, unfortunately. We will hear from Adazio after it, but we'll just kind of have to see. I'm I'm just pumped for football season, guys. I I cannot state that enough. I'm I'm really excited, and I hope all of you guys are too. I'm going to really ramp up the CSU coverage over the next month or so, and then obviously throughout the season, it's it's going to be a blast. I'm Stoke college football is back. You're stoked college football is back. Let's do this thing, baby. Hey, I leave you with a little more audio from Steve Adazio, and we will uh, be back with more Rams podcasts throughout the week, a couple of draft pods as well. Really stoked for football to be here. Much love to everybody that continues to support the content. You make my dreams come true. You got your first scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Just, yeah. You know What are you kind of looking for from the team leading into that scrimmage and that- in
1: the itself. Yeah, well, tackling. You know, we're going to tackle. Um, pretty substantial, you know, up to whatever the rules allow us to do now, because uh, you only get two what they call scrimmages in preseason camp now. So um, we're going to we're going to scrimmage and we're going to tackle, which is frightening. You know, I mean, invariably this is where you you know have a tendency you could lose somebody. So that's you do the best we can, uh, but we got to tackle. You know, I mean, it's tackle football. And uh, I wouldn't call us, you know, we have some veterans, but I mean, as a program, we got to go out there and we got to tackle when, 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 when allowable. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing I want to see. There'll be officials there. Uh, It's always good uh, in terms of, you know, re-emphasizing holding penalties and both sides of the ball. So we're going to, we're going to have the officials there. So I'd say tackling the officials. And then I think the other thing is I love just get the coaches off the field, you know, and just let the players play and find out who can function without a coach. You know, in, you know, usually a coach is on the field. And, you, know, you just hear them over there. You know, uh, you know, whatever, yelling to somebody to line up differently, or you know, get off the field, let them make their own decisions, and let them establish what their offense or defense or special team unit culture is going to be at that point in time. Right. So I think that's really, really important and really cool. So. Saturday's a pretty big mark for us, I would say. You know, it's 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 slice one, and then the following Saturday will probably be slice two, and then you know at that point I don't know how much hidden's going. I mean, I mean, how much there's not going to be more tackling going on after that, but I don't know. You know, I mean, we got to be careful at that point. I think at that point we're, we're less than two weeks from game time, so you know everybody's got their own feelings on that. You know, so like I really believe when you're developing your team, these two weeks are really tough, hard, physical, rough weeks. And then, and then you, then you got to pull that back. And that's. with that comes an element of risk, um, you know, but I feel like I'd rather take my chance and, and, and really get a good, strong look at our team and develop them uh, as opposed to getting surprised later, you know. So that's just a philosophical uh, deal.